With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to another episode of Sling and Quack. I'm Rusty, joined by our special guest, who is now pretty much, I don't know why you're a guest, you're pretty much the only person now that comes on the podcast. Well, uh, just want to induct me now, or how does this work? Do I sign anything? No, SB Nation is pretty much you just show up. It's like the most, it's like a pickup basketball game. But like first no we, fight. yeah. But first we just have to make sure you're not a dick. I so, don't know. Read the read the comment section. <laughs> well, that's readers. That's readers. It's different. Fair enough. Yeah, things get a little feisty in the comment section. But that's uh, we're gonna get to that later. Uh, Oregon basketball is on a tear right now. Fourteen and two on the on the year. Three and zero in conference. Uh, with a couple huge wins. Uh, one over uh, UCLA. That was monstrous. That was uh, ridiculous. Oh, wait. Sorry. Sorry. I'm wrong. I was looking at an old box score. 16-2, and 5-0 and 0 in conference. Totally Not different. Bad. Totally different. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, the opening loss was to Baylor. Who, uh, by the way, as of last week, was ranked number one in the country um, before they just completely fell over and tripped over themselves against West Virginia. Um, at the time when we lost to Baylor, that was a really bad loss, considering we were top five in the country and they were unranked. But, man, have they turned around. Um, so that's looking pretty good. Right. Lost to Georgetown. Still not good. Yeah, that one's not great. But you ever since we hit Pac-12 play, we have been on a tear. Um, I mean, you look at the last three games, Washington State was uh, a difficult one, especially missing Dylan Brooks for, what, three quarters of the game because he, the refs thought he went Draymond on him. Uh, but... We beat the hell out of Washington, which is just oh so welcome after last football season. Uh, and then, I, what what descriptive word would you use for the Civil War? Um, abysmal. I that's not my first pick either, but that's what's appropriate ish. I just watched the Civil War, and it was like it—it it was like an Alabama offensive line going against some fifth graders. It was real bad. I mean, we started out what on a twenty-one-zero run, something like that. Yeah, and that still wasn't covering the spread, as you pointed out. Yeah, spread was uh, at, at least when I saw the spread, which was about an hour before tip. 
is 25 and a half. So great job, Vegas. Good news, they covered at the end. And by we the end, I mean like in the first five minutes of the second half. That and, I mean, we got treated to, when the game was out of reach, we got treated to some ducks. Uh, two of which for Jordan Bell, in my memory, were called traveling, so they didn't really count. But, man, they look cool. Yeah. And the walk-ons got a three. I always love that. If you can put the walk-ons on and to see how the bench reacted, I mean, you would have thought it was a buzzer beater. It was great. So that was fun. Um, really, really difficult month coming up, though. Uh, we, we were just looking at this before we started recording. And this upcoming week, Luckily, it's in Eugene because this road trip always scares me. But uh, we have Cal and Stanford in Eugene. Then we take the hard road trip of Utah, Colorado, which, you know, luckily those teams are both kind of down this year. But that's still a hard road trip with all the travel. Then the Arizona schools come to Eugene uh, on February 2nd and 4th. And then we go to L.A. and play UCLA and USC for that rematch rematch of just a ridiculous game uh, when we played UCLA. I still can't believe we won that game with giving up a 17-0 run and beating the number two team in the country. That's That's still insane to me. Um, So that rematch should be fun. And I believe, yeah, that's an ESPN game. So... We're getting a lot of national TV love, uh, by the way, in this next next month. We got Cal on Thursdays on ESPN2. Uh, and then back-to-back, we go Arizona and UCLA, both on ESPN. Not even the Ocho. What was the better three? Dylan Brooks against UCLA? Or Dylan Brooks against Duke? Mm. Dylan Brooks against UCLA. Now, granted it was not in the NCAA tournament, um, but Dylan Brooks against UCLA won the game, whereas if I'm remembering right, and I think I am, Dylan Brooks against Duke just was really the icing on the cake uh, that made Coach K lose his mind, which is always fun. I mean, that's nice, but I'd rather take a a game-winning shot over just something that ices it. The Brooks shot against Duke might have not won the game, but it won my heart. I love seeing Coach K like talk to him about it and then lie to the journalist when they asked what they were talking about and for him to get caught in it later. That was really funny to me. And then even better is him, you know, lecturing Dylan Brooks uh, about how to play the game. And then this year he has Grace and Allen on his team. So yeah. Not good. 
That kid is an absolute mess. So Boucher has been back though. He's a block. Jordan Bell had a triple double against Washington, oh, I think. Are we the deepest team in the country? I have no idea. I don't watch enough college basketball. But the answer is yes. The answer is yes. I mean I think the answer is probably no. But no, yes. I think we're definitely the deepest team in the Pac-12. Uh, I, I, you look at a couple of the other schools. I mean, obviously Kentucky. Um, North Carolina has had injury problems, so I think we're more deep than them. Uh, kind of the same thing with Duke. Kansas is pretty deep. But if, if we can have our name among those kind of schools in terms of depth, I think we're doing okay. Yeah. Okay, here's a question that came up in the comments over the weekend. Is it possible for Dana Altman to get hired away to a, a different school? Do you think it's likely? Possible, yes. Likely, no. Um, I, I think he's he's done a wonderful job building our program back up from – some really, really dark days. Uh, he's just starting to get the recruiting pipeline that that's filling up. Um, of note, and, and this was, I think this came out yesterday, uh, and we're recording this on Monday night. Uh, Troy Bound, incoming five star, was named a McDonald's All American. So, man, he. Dana has done a really good job. Now he doesn't need to use the, the JUCOs as much uh, like when he did when he first got here. And I, I, don't, I don't see him leaving for virtually any other job. I mean, he, if you look at his history, he spent a ton of years at Creighton. Um, and he's, like I said, he, he's just started to get um, get his recruiting pipeline up and, and really flowing at Oregon. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't see a reason why he would take another job unless it was something ridiculous, you know, like a Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina type thing. But I don't really see any of those jobs coming open anytime soon. Yeah. It's gotta be crazy. I mean, it's gotta be a crazy amount of money because here's what I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand. So, how much is he making now? Do we know? I have no idea. Okay, let's just say it's $2 million. That is a lot of money. Is it a lot of money? Per year? Yeah. I think that's a lot of money. Okay, well, we're about to find out. $2 million a year. All right. Shows what I know. Yep. Oh, after uh, bonuses and incentives from a base salary of 1.8. And that's why Rusty is a good gambler. Yes. Um, uh, sorry, I'm just watching a few player tweets come across. Um, it's... Uh, so, like, say... Like, is Kansas or Duke or North Carolina 
really going to throw so much money at him that he leaves a spot where he knows he can win. Like, here's the situation. He's pulling in top recruits. He's gotten a number one seed. Um, he's won conference championships. And it's really inexpensive to live in Eugene. Like, and it, he has a super secure job. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, I don't think people are banging down the doors for like, after like a few losses during the year. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah. people that, say that, like the that's best thing college. About his, that's the nice thing about his situation is people care so much more about football at Oregon where, you know, granted we were top five preseason polls. I think if we didn't make the NCAA tournament, you know, people would be upset. Um, but it, it's not going to be a Helfrich situation. I mean, he, especially with the work that he's done thus far, uh, if he had a down year, which let's hope he doesn't, but if he did, uh, I think he has enough equity built up where his job is way more secure than other coaches at peer institutions. Yeah, and it's just uh, one of the uh, uh, one of like one of the more ongoing jokes about uh, college basketball is that the best coaching gig in the country is Texas because they pay money. You're in a recruiting spot, and nobody cares. Because Texas football is king. Like, you can have, like, a, a couple bad years and nobody notices. And you really don't have that many um, expectations because Kansas has won the Big 12 12 years in a row. Yeah, exactly. Six years in a row, something like that. So, uh, yeah, you know, that'd be a pretty good job. But I tell you what, if, if the Ducks have a 10-game series against Texas, uh, I'd bet on us and – I bet I bet we win eight and a half of them. That would be my spread. Yeah, and so I just don't see the there is a value to having an insane amount of job security, like Altman does at Oregon. Because you know, after the loss to Baylor and the loss to like Georgetown, people weren't like jumping down at him like saying that he doesn't have it in him, Paul. Um, Just couldn't fit those tight windows. Nope. Uh, and, you know, there's. I think there really is something to be said in today's college sports for having a lot of job security. Because after... Because, you know, everybody after Hoverch was fired, you know, everybody... Uh, Every sports writer was saying, no one, every coach should be worried because now nobody is safe. So, uh, which I think I got to a little bit too early because that would be a perfect segue. Um, but it's so far, like Chris, having Chris Boucher back in the lineup regularly is huge. Dylan Brooks. 
after the slow start, after like dealing with the injuries, now playing extremely well. Jordan Bell is fantastic. I love Jordan Bell. I know you love Jordan Bell more than I love Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell is wonderful. You know, actually, what I've been impressed of most these past three, four games, um, and, and this is purely anecdotal. I don't have the the stats for those last four games to, to mess up. Um, but Dylan Ellis has been shooting the football very well. And if his shooting is off, we're going to be a problem. Because at point, let's say we have a, a five out there of this, Dorsey, Bell, Brooks, and Boucher. The only guy that you cannot the only guy that you can leave off the three-point line at that point is Bell. Because even Boucher can stroke the three. We've seen that all the time. If Ennis is hitting the three consistently, that gives us so much room on the interior uh, where Bell can just go to work. Uh, it's it's going to be a problem. Yeah. So I pulled up his stats. Against USC, he shot 50% from three. Against Washington... He shot 50% from three. Against Washington State, he shot 66.6% from three. And against Oregon State, he shot 60%. So the anecdote doesn't lie. Now, obviously, that's not sustainable. Um, but, I mean, if he, if he can shoot 44% from three, that... That's significant. I mean, at that point, you need the game plan around that if you're a defense uh, and you didn't know that he's a shooter. So, uh, I mean, it's it's just another weapon. He's a, he's already been really good in terms of driving the ball and kicking out. Um, he he's been a very good playmaker. But if he adds that three point shooting rapper base, this is going to be dangerous. Yeah. All right, good transition. Dangerous. There was an off-season workout that happened that made a bunch of news. <laughs> People ended yeah. up in the hospital. People are upset. So three three players landed in a hospital. It was Brenner, who's an offensive lineman. Um, who's the second one? And there was a third. The third was a freshman um, tight end. Who's off the stretcher here? Sam Patasi. Who is the other guy? It was another guy who weighed over 300 pounds. Yeah, it was Sam Patasi. Who is the tight end then? Um, let me look it up. We did a lot of prep. Actually, we did text about this during the day. We just didn't have any of this stuff uh, pulled up. Yeah, so uh, offensive lineman Doug Brenner, tight end Cam McCormick, and offensive lineman Sam Patasi. Awesome. And they are all in, in fair condition at a piece of there. So what, what's your initial reaction to this? My initial reaction was that's a really bad start when, like, granted that wasn't, like Taggart wasn't there, um, but for like the first, like we saw people tweet on 
um, like players tweet that they have like never been more sore before. Hyperbole, things are really tough. Uh, and then like this is the first time we ever heard anything like really come out of it. And it's like, wow, that sounds like a terrible idea. That sounds awful. So the reports are uh, that there was like an hour long workout that consisted of continuous push-ups and sit-ups as part of a military type training program. Um, three people, the guys we should know were ended up in the hospital because of a, a muscle injury. I'm not going to act like I'm a doctor or like I even went to WebMD, but it's basically a muscle injury that like a ton, not a ton that we've seen before in the past of teams have it where it's like, there were three volleyball players who had it. There was like, like an Iowa state wrestling team had it. Um, and it was like 12 of them. Basically it, ha it happens as a result of like a lot of stress, like a lot where the muscles like will tear and some like fluid from the muscle gets into the bloodstream and it's not. Yeah. So what, what they had is uh, short term, short term is Rob Doe. And um, it's a really big problem, actually, in from what I've heard in the CrossFit community, and what Shocking. yeah, would, not a surprise. So basically, when it happens in in the CrossFit community and in general, it's really just when you push your your muscles like way beyond limits um, that they should not be pushed, and in com combination with that. Um, the, the the intensity is like way a, a, a huge step up from what you've done before. Um, now, a lot of that also has to do with if you are doing a lot of work really intensely and not having good technique. Um, so my, I guess my my first reaction to to the report was number one. Uh, where is our Gatorade sponsorship? Come on, guys. Like, let's stay hydrated a little bit. You know, just just take a water break. It's okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's that's a little joke. Uh, but more seriously, I I understand that the coaching staff cannot be there during these workouts, um, but the strength and conditioning staff certainly can, and. At it's this point, job. at this point, strength and conditioning staffs are an extension of the football staff. Exactly, and, and you know, it's it's their responsibility to monitor these student athletes to where they're not injuring themselves. Because at this point, it's just counterproductive. I mean, it, yeah, you could go really hard in one workout, but if you end up in the hospital for the next week, then you're not getting better. And it's, it's really just not a situation that you want to be put in. I mean, I'm sure we, we don't want to be the next situation like the situation with Cal a couple of years ago where one of their offensive linemen, you know, collapsed on the field. That, that's something that you never want to see. Um, I'm all for pushing yourself hard. And I know that workouts affect other people differently. I mean, I'm sure for like Ugo tweeted out that it was no big deal. Well, he's like a lean 190. 
Yeah. And these guys that we're talking about are, you know, what, 290, 300? Yeah, it was like 300, 300, and then McCormick is like 240. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I guess my first reaction was just, you know, we, what was the strength and conditioning staff doing in terms of monitoring these guys? Uh, and, and it's actually interesting that this came out today because on Saturday I was talking to uh, somebody I know who worked at USF uh, when Taggart was there, when our Coach O, the new strength and conditioning coach, was there. And, and she said the same thing that uh, the, during her time there, um, there were there were some complaints from you know the players about oh like he's pushing us too hard and guys getting like minorly injured which you know it, granted it's it, it's hard to tell on that I mean players are always going to complain about like oh my workout is so hard uh, but it, I just thought that was interesting that I just heard that from her on Saturday. And then this comes out. Yeah. Sorry, we're having an issue with uh, my mic, which is why you're hearing, hearing bangs for anybody who's listening to this podcast later. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it, luckily it sounds like the players are fine. You know, they'll spend a little time in the hospital, probably get pumped up with fluids, and hopefully yeah, it's nothing major because – as all of the reports have been sure to notice, uh, to note, if left untreated, it can be a really serious uh, situation. Yeah. And it's tough because they leave, because when they, you leave practice, according to medical reports, I'm not a doctor, I haven't had this issue, it just feels like your, your muscles are incredibly sore. And then apparently it becomes, a, it becomes a, an obvious problem a little bit later. So sounds like they caught it early. Um, so it's kind of difficult to like, like as it's kind of difficult, to, I guess, to pick it up like during the workout if someone is like actually has like a problem. But I'm kind of on your side too, where it's kind of like people are going to the hospital as a, as a result of workouts. Like I don't know, probably need to have like a better measurement of where people are at before we can have them do like these like crazy workouts or whatever. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, luckily everybody's fine. At least it seems like it. So we'll see what happens. I mean, one thing that we we do know is the team's going to be in shape. The, <laughs> they, there's not going to be any sort of this, like, half-assing it in the weight room based on, uh, based on early returns. So, yeah. Yeah, and it was funny, too, because we were talking about this. Like, you brought up Ugo, who was like, it's not a big deal, not with the media, like, painted it out to me or whatever. And then McNeil, who's a freshman defensive back, is like, we do this stuff like that all the time. And, like, I forget where it's from. He said it's from California. He's from Florida. Okay, he's like, we do that all the time in Florida. And then what's the guy's name? The Like, the 350-pounder out of high school? Oh, um... Fat Mac 34. <laughs> Jordan Scott. Yeah, I was going to say it starts with a J, but... And he goes, so, Real Deal McNeil. the best Twitter name. Yeah, Real Deal McNeil. Uh, here's Darren McNeil, the defensive back. He's people getting upset with the workouts out in Oregon. Man, that's how we work at my high school. Hashtag Armwood. 
We work hard. Hard work springs. Hashtag natty. People are still using natty. That bugs me. I never liked that. We're still saying that. Um, and then Jordan Scott, uh, the 350-pound defensive back who's already on campus. You can find him at, at fat underscore Mac 34. <laughs> By the way, I'm really happy that you just slipped up and called him a 350-pound defensive back because I I, I really want to see him as a safety now, just for one play. He said, it's just a little work, IG, as in I guess, they don't get down how we do in Florida. And then that emoji that looks like someone's, that looks like a bull, like blowing smoke out of his nose. So... Not nice of the freshman to just like throw the other guy under the bus. <laughs> like, oh, we're just in much better shape than all the seniors. And then this is the tweet that I came across, uh, that just came across my feed as of the time of recording. Tweeted by Spencer Pacinger. If you're not hospitalized by off-season workouts, you're not doing it right. Hashtag, we want Bamba. Just Spencer. <laughs> Stop, Spencer. Come on now. Yeah, so that was the big news of uh, today. And based on early returns from the players, uh, it really, you know, seems to be more like just a big headline and not that big of a deal. Um, Now, when somebody goes to the hospital, I'm sure at some point it is a big deal, but... You know, I mean, luckily everybody's all right. We can move forward and hopefully have a really well-conditioned team. Yeah, especially after, I think, well, this also came out a week after that one report by Oregon Live came out that was, like, talking about the fall of, like, the Oregon football program. And at that point, it was kind of like, even I was kind of like, yeah, right, it was probably time for a coaching change, maybe. Although Greatwood comes off as a baller. Just pulling kids out of Taylor's. What a that's like that's what something that's something Ed Orgeron would do. It, if there was going to be one coach on staff that would do that, I was going to guess either Greatwood or Rad. One of the two. Rad would be fantastic. Rad would be terrifying. Yeah, that guy. I don't know if any of you have ever seen Coach Rad in person, uh, but he's a tiny strength and conditioning coach. And those are the guys that you do not want to mess with. Yeah. Because I guarantee, I I bet Coach Rad has not had a donut in like 60 years. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's that one story that came out um, after uh, after they hired Taggart, and it was going to be like, do they keep Radcliffe or – or is Tag going to bring his own guy? He brought his own guy. But people started tweeting out pictures of Radcliffe. And there was a story that came out where a linebacker was struggling. An Oregon linebacker, this is like, I don't know, this was a few years ago. Oregon linebacker was struggling power cleaning uh, a, a lot of weight. Um, and so Radcliffe goes over to critique his technique. And then power cleans the weight easily. <laughs> it's all about technique, man. Get yeah. that leverage. Yeah. And God, he is just, as, he doesn't look that big. Like he looks small, but then you actually see him like move around. It's like, oh my God, this guy's actually like crazy athletic. 
He's a Terminator. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but basically my whole thing after that article came out of Oregon Live, it's like, okay, yeah, the time, things are needed for a change. But I really wish people could just, like, move on from, like, just bashing the former coaches and, like, Helfrich especially. It's like, okay, A, he takes to a national championship. B, I'm tired of trying to defend him. C, I don't know how you guys are feeling any better about just, like, complaining about Helfrich all the time. I, mean, I get it, it. I get it because, like, the program looks like it fell apart in, like, three years. I guess it kind of did. In a way. Not entirely. But in some ways, yes. But it's kind of like... I don't know. It's kind of like... This guy's been around for 25 years and people are just like throwing him under the bus now. So, I don't know. That just bugs me. Personally. Yeah. I mean, we're... We're at the point where... The new coaching staff is... Is installed. And... It's just time to move forward. You know, like... Nobody's looking good when when you have like players or whoever uh, just just throwing Coach Halfrich and, and the staff that was there under the bus. You know, it's, Sorry, go ahead. And, and I thought that article was was really well reported, well written. Um, I'm talking about the one from the Oregonian. Um, and you're right. I mean, it, it did shed some light on more depth of why there needed to be coaching change. So I, I thought that article was totally fine. Yeah. Uh, but we we have a new staff. It's time to move forward in the new staff and enjoy all of the energy that they're putting out. I mean <laughs> – if nothing else, their Twitter game is on point. So we're doing okay. All right. So that's a good time for this game I want to play with you right now, which is uh, we just spoke about how Twitter is like this huge thing for this uh, coaching staff. So we're going to play uh, a game called Coach Taggart or the Illuminati. I am ready. So there's a, obviously, Coach Willie Taggart has, at Coach Taggart, as his uh, as his Twitter handle. And then the Illuminati, the super secret organization that owns the world, is at Illuminati in all caps. So I'm going to read off a few tweets, and I want you to tell me if it's Coach Taggart or if it's the Illuminati. Let me find a good one here. Let me see. Let me find a good one. I had a bunch of good ones here. I just moved off. Be good enough to forgive someone, but don't be stupid enough to trust them again. This is Coach Taggart. That's Coach Taggart. That is Coach Taggart. See, I think I'm going to be pretty good at this. I've been following along. Him, (sighs) Coach Pimp. I've been following. Okay, maybe I need to pull up a different one then. A uh, different coach. They all retweet Not, each other. They all retweet each other, so it's really easy to get around. Yeah, uh, keep going. We'll see. Okay. All right. Don't put the key to your happiness in someone else's pocket. Ooh. I'm gonna guess Illuminati. It's Coach Taggart. Damn it. 
All right. Next one. Never give up on something you really want. I'm going to guess Illuminati. That's Illuminati. Yes. That's Illuminati. I was starting to think that it was going to be like one of those tests where it's all C. <laughs> yeah. And it just plays mind games with you. Yeah. Uh, let's see another one here. Okay. If someone does not smile at you, be generous and offer your own smile. Nobody needs more smile than the one that cannot smile to others. That's Coach Taggart. It is Coach Taggart. Okay, awesome. All right. Let me go to another coaches because apparently you're too familiar with this. This this that, guy has been – That Coach Taggart wasn't talking about smiling. He got blocked but I guess in Herbert. Oh, yeah. Justin Herbert just throwing down. All right. All right. I see here. All right. Let me feel. There is no failure, only a process which is leading us to become the greatest version of ourselves. That sounds like Illuminati. That is Illuminati. I was going to say, that sounds very lizard people. (laughs) Very lizard people. All right. Some of these, some of these coaches are just so funny. Like, phone is already buzzing. Great day to be a duck. Oh, also, I'm really glad that we finally have repurposed the term duck hunting. We've we've taken it back. Yeah. So, but I'm sure people are still going to do it on like college game day. Oh, of course they are. Yeah. I mean, going to have the the Super Nintendo sign. Like, check it out. We're going duck hunting. Yeah, you're super original. All right. So what you really should finish this segment off with is a tweet that ends with, need a nice cold Pepsi. (laughs) All right. uh, Let me see here. We'll just do a few more. We'll just do a few more. All right. Do not chase people. Work hard and be you. The right people who belong in your life will come and find you and stay. Do your thing. Gonna say I'll make the do your thing maybe change my mind. I'm betting Coach Tagger. That's Illuminati. That's Illuminati. Damn it. They're playing mind games with me. I know. All right. Here we go. All right. Uh, life offers you an endless amount of possibilities. Don't settle for a crappy job, crappy Dagger. friends. Okay, <laughs> dig it. I'll tell you, I'm on my Twitter game. Okay, all right. I didn't change. I grew up. There's a difference. Ooh. All 
Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> no. Illuminati. No, that's Taggart. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm going to pull up this so, one. So basically what you're saying with that game is... They're the same person. A, Coach Taggart is far more adept at social media uh, than what we're used to. Yeah. B, Coach Taggart runs Hollywood and the banks. Yes. All right. I've got one more for you, but it's not going to be a tweet. It's going to be an audio form. Ooh. Right? Okay. I mean, Coach Tiger tweeted it. Yeah, that's Coach Tiger. That is Coach Tiger. He didn't tweet the audio format. No, but I mean, a visual doesn't really work well in, in an audio podcast. So, fair enough. You, you also could have done uh, the DMX. You think it's a game? Oh well, he he tagged Lucci in it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so. Yeah, and I posted the video because some people were like, oh, what's that from? Oh, it's from this guy's record label. And of course, I put up Rich Homie Kwan's type of way was uh, not popular among the ATQers, which is not surprising well, in the least. So, ATQers are, 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 have a diverse array of interests, man. Well, it actually opened up a great conversation on Future and Purple Rain. I forget who it was, but there were a couple. There were actually a couple real hip hop, hippity hoppity heads. One specifically called that. They're from Houston and been listening to Chop and Screw music for a long time. And no, I don't remember anybody inputs. That was like last week. Uh, side note: Future is the petty-weight champion of the world right now because he showed up to the playoff game against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, presumably talk trash to his uh, baby mama's current husband. And then today sent his son an Atlanta Falcons jersey. Petty <laughs> champion of the world. That's fantastic. It's wonderful. That is fantastic. Great. You do you, future. Just keep... Keep doing you. Thank you, Magic City. Go to Magic City. Sip on that perp. Have some chicken wings. Keep wearing those Gucci flip flops. <laughs> I did not like that mixtape like at all. Um. Okay, so next question. I, I think we went way over budget on how much it initially reported we were going to be spending on assistant coaches. Somebody maybe coffers. So somebody, if somebody who probably started a apparel-based company in Eugene, in uh, Beaverton, probably paid a lot of money for this coaching staff. I mean, maybe, but considering uh, Darren Ravel's report that he was willing to pay ten million dollars a year for just a head coach, I would say we're under budget. Well, Darren Ravel doesn't know shit. Excuse me. <laughs> that's, that's how strong I feel about him. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so he's not right on most things and he's really just 
a really boring tweeter to begin with. Thanks. I really need to know how much the Milwaukee Brewers are charging for a hot dog. Um, so I'm sure Phil Knight paid for the buyout if you really wanted it. Um, and I'm sure if we're like, Hey, we can get the Alabama offensive line coach. Be like, yeah, I'll throw it out another $550,000. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think at this point, so why, we're not? At, why not? Why not? The point where we just have the staff and you just don't ask questions. <laughs> it's like if you go to certain types of car dealerships and you have to ask the price, that means you can't afford it. So just just don't ask. Yeah. Just just enjoy what certain boosters have assembled for us and just say thank you. That's all. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I, I have no idea what the total salary is for the coaching staff right now. Uh, I have to imagine that it's high. Um, oh, but yeah. if I remember correctly, I think our previous assistant coaching staff was one of the lower paid in the Pac-12, if I'm remembering correctly on the whole. So, We've been saving you know, up. What's that? We've been saving up. Yeah, so, you know, we've been saving our pennies, and now we want to splurge on a bunch of uh, really big guys. Alabama O-line, a strength and conditioning coach that looks like a Mack truck, you know, same thing. Yeah, Uh, and so it's the – my two favorite hires – okay, my my favorite hire is Levitt, leave it except for the whole thing where he like punched a player and then convinced other people to recant their and retell their stories and lie about it. And then he lied about doing that and then he got fired. You're really making your favorite hire sound awful. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just really throwing that caveat in there. Like I'm not just all like sunshine and rainbows about this whole thing. So I'm just going to be really upfront with this whole thing. My role on ATQ the last couple weeks has been in just like, tap the brakes on the hype train every once in a while. So, although it's really tough, like the hype machine's in full force, and at some point I'm just getting dragged along because it's just too much. Because the the two actually exciting hires for me is the defensive line coach from Washington State. Oh. I have loved him for a couple years now. It was last year when I realized, like, wow, Washington's defensive front, or Washington State's defensive front is not messing around. And we bid out UW and USC for him, which means we threw down. Apparently, he's getting $525,000, and Cristobal is getting $525,000. Cristobal is my other favorite hire, because there are three, there are two places in the world where you can find 300-pounders who can run. I've said this on the podcast before. 300-pound 18-year-olds. 300-pound 18-year-olds who can run. One, the South. And, like, I feel like it's parts of the South, too, where it's, like, a small high school that's off the beaten path, and there's just, a Goliath. So those guys. And Cristobal's got those guys covered. He's voted, like, the top recruiter, like, by 24-7 or scout or whatever – goofy recruiting ranking service that cares a lot about 17-year-olds puts out. Uh, and then the other place is the Pacific. And the so defense- we got covered. Yeah, the defensive line coach from Washington State 
whose name I'm terrified of pronouncing, uh, he's got that one covered. Because he was, he was getting people who live in 75 degrees and sunny every day to go to Pullman. That's a tough sell. Yeah. If you told me I could, that I would literally be paid to live in Pullman, I honestly don't think I would do it. I mean, the Palouse is nice. I don't think I could do it. The, the real question, the real question is, how much fireball would they give you? <laughs> That's that is the real question. Yeah, um, I, I guess going back to the main point, I'm right now. I'm thrilled with the coaching staff and you're right. I'm trying to like kind of put the pump, pump the brakes on this whole thing um, because they are taking over a team that in coach Taggart's words is a rebuilding job. Um, Which from him, his perspective, setting expectations is true. Yeah. And and so, you know, I, I don't think anybody thinks that we're going to go 12 and 0 next year. Um, I, I certainly don't think that. I, I, I think a successful season. I, do. I think we do. Oh, okay. I, I think a successful season in my mind is going, you know, like anywhere from seven to nine wins and showing market improvement uh, in, well, number one is just playing hard uh, because we started to see that certainly in. Uh, the younger guys that were playing towards the end of the year. But I remember two players in particular during the UW game just not running uh, and not not finishing up plays. Yeah, we so, never saw them the rest of the season. Yeah. Which was, well, uh, but, I mean, to me, I think a successful season for the 2017 season is anywhere from seven to nine wins, um, full effort, and and strong recruiting classes. That that's that's kind of really where I see uh, a successful season, and then you just build on that. Um, so I I don't think anybody should be under the the impression that you know we got Coach Taggart and all these really high name coaches, and so we're gonna just win the Pac-12 again. Uh, you know, it's it doesn't just necessarily work like that. What? Um, It'd be great. If only. So really, I mean, really, all I all I want next year is seven to nine wins and go to Seattle and beat the hell out of Washington. If That's we beat Washington next year, psh, problem solved. Problem solved in my book. Everything's great. Yeah. I just think that there's a couple advantages that this team has coming back. Um, one is the team last year was incredibly young. I think we're missing, we're going to miss like four to five people off the, no, I think we're missing, we're going to lose six off of the offensive two deep. Um, and we're only going to be missing like two starters, Farrell Brown and who's the, who's the guy, uh, the, the guy that got a lot of penalties. Not gonna, not gonna call him that. And then uh, everybody knows. <laughs> we we all know who we're talking about. And then on defense, we're gonna be missing like four. And the off the defensive front seven, I don't think it's not a huge factor because the defense was so terrible. But 
there were so many injuries in the front seven. Like, there were so many. Like, yeah, it was bad. There were times where I think it was, who was it? I think it was against, like, Utah. There were only, like, five guys in the two deep that started the year on the two deep. It was something like that, where it was just insane amount of turnover, like on a day, on a game by game basis. Well, that's what we got that new strength and conditioning coach for. Yep. Um, yeah. So I think just in terms of injury, I think turnovers, like being negative in the turnover column, is there's always a regression to the mean, to the mean in that, um, and just all the experience coming back. Six and six, people are going to be all like sassy and write like smart ass comments, but I think six and six was going to happen next year regardless. So I think seven and seven and five is like a good like base level expectation. I'll be fine with six and six. I'll honestly be fine. Okay, so let's one last thing before we leave. Yeah, we just talked about what what would be a successful season for football, and we didn't talk about it for basketball. God damn, man, so, man. what's your successful season for basketball for this season? Win the Pac-12 and do what in the NCAA tournament? Lead eight. I think that's fair. I think uh, to me it would be win the Pac-12, both. Uh, regular season and tournament get a, a top three seed in, in the NCAA tournament, which I think, you know, at that point we're top 12 in the country. I think that's certainly doable at this point. Uh, and I'm thinking of lead eight too. I mean, at, at that point, if you get to the elite eight, anything can happen. You know, it's so I, I'm I'm pretty much right there with you. I, I think this team, basketball wise, has the depth, has the talent, has the athleticism, um, and the shooting to be able to to play with anybody. Yeah, I mean, what's so what stands out so much is I don't think like last year Dylan Brooks was the one guy that showed up every single game, and you know you could get one to two other guys to like have really good games that would bring out the win. And it's just, I think there are just so many players. I think it's a similar thing this year. Like, we don't have Snoop Dogg um, or Cook. Uh, but it's, I feel like there's just, everyone has gotten better. So it's not necessarily like we're relying on, like, a couple people that have big games. Like, Brooks is doing a lot. But then everybody else is kind of raising their game as a whole also. Yeah, and you know the the losses of of Cook, um, you, you really saw that at the start of the year in terms of our, our defense was not up to par. Um, we're starting to get back to the point where they're playing very good aggressive defense, um, and hopefully that trajectory just continues. I mean, I, I don't really see why it wouldn't. We have two of the best shot blockers in the country. Um, Peyton Pritchard, who, you know, when you're a point guard, you're you're the leader of a defense. He's just a freshman, so he's going to be growing into that that defensive floor general role. 
we could always bring Casey Benson in and he doesn't ever make a mistake basically. So yeah, yeah. when I look at the team, they, they have a, a really good mix of youth while also having some veteran leadership in Brooks and Benson and Bell to be able to, to take the rigors of an NCAA tournament and, and deal with it. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for both seasons, basketball, both in different ways, football, because there's hope, uh, second basketball, because they're like really good and like really fun to watch. So it's going to be, it's going to be great, especially with the teams coming to town this weekend. You get the Bay area teams, tough month ahead. Like we already outlined any closing thoughts. Uh, I think you pretty much wrapped it up. I'm really just looking forward to uh, basketball and spring game jerseys. Yep, spring game jerseys. Spring Most game important jerseys. thing of all. Yep. All right, well, that'll do it. Uh, I'm Rusty, joined again by the usual guests, uh, now co-host, basically. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.